Unfortunate news about Terry Rozier. He'll miss at least the next two games. What does that mean for Brandon Miller? We break it all down today. Locked on Hornets. You are Locked on Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, in a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We are free and available anywhere you get your podcast, and that includes YouTube. Appreciate also all of our sponsors for helping us out today. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is uh, a site where you can make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. That's Doug Branson. Find him on his sub stack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. And I'm Walker Mail. You can listen to me on WFNZ Sports Radio, 92.7 FM, every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m. Doug, we got an unfortunate update on Terry Rozier after he went down. He missed that game against the Dallas Mavericks. And the Hornets PR staff tweeted out yesterday that he underwent an MRI, which confirmed his left adductor groin strain. He will be listed as out. Will miss the next two games versus Washington. And additional updates on his status will be provided as appropriate. What does Terry Rozier missing the next two games, three total this year, mean to you? Well, you say it's an unfortunate update. I guess it's unfortunate in the sense that he will miss any time because he is the Hornets' leading scorer. And and we talked uh, last show about how important his particular brand of scoring is in terms of his ability to easily get to the rim, get those paint touches that Clifford so loves and, and are a part of his offensive strategy uh, so that he'll miss any games is unfortunate, but I, Walker, view this as a little bit of a fortunate update in that we're not talking, at least for now, we're not talking about an injury that will keep him out you know, four to six weeks or anything like that, a considerable amount of games. We don't have certainty on it, uh, but we don't have certainty on him missing a ton of games. So I actually think this is kind of fortunate for the Hornets. Well, yeah, and I will say <laughs> – when players come back and then they're probable or doubtful, you just can never know with the designation right. that they hand out to the players. It means absolutely nothing. We've learned that over the last couple of years. Hopefully he will play after these next two games against Washington. I guess you're right, though. It could have been a lot more serious. It does open up the door for Brandon Miller to start yet again. And I'll say this, too. Brandon Miller, not the greatest start, probably definitely his worst shooting performance. I guess Mm -hmm. that would mean it was his worst performance as well overall so far. But against Washington, Doug, you can go off against the Wizards if you want to. And Brandon Miller is going to have that opportunity. Yeah, it's going to be a lot easier. I mean, Dallas is not a great defensive team, and he'll certainly have some tough assignments against Washington because, you know, Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma, (laughs) both of those guys, tough guards and I'm sure at some point during the game he will he will have to deal with those two guys but it's not it's not Luka Doncic it's not Kyrie Irving I mean they'll definitely do some things to try to take away what Kuzma and Poole do best but I don't think the defensive strategy is going to be the same against the Washington Wizards as it was the Dallas Mavericks so yes I do expect Brandon Miller to do a little bit more offensively he's going to have to right because you're missing 22 points a game from Terry Rozier someone has to make that up 
Uh, LaMelo helped to make it up in the fourth quarter of the last game against the Mavericks. P.J. Washington and Gordon Hayward are absolutely flames from inside the arc. That's been helping to make up for what Terry, what you miss with Terry Rozier. But somebody has to shoot the ball from outside a little bit better. I think that's got to be a combination of LaMelo and Brandon coming together to do that. What I also will say is that I think it's fortunate for Brandon Miller that you've got these two games against Washington. We know for sure that Terry's not going to play. There's a certainty there. Brandon can kind of get into a little bit more of a groove in this starting role. And I think that's more beneficial, especially to a young player, than to say, well, we don't know. You'll start this game. You may not start the next game. At least knowing, hey, I've got this week to lock in. I know my role. I know what I'm going to do. I think that's beneficial to Brandon Miller. All right, so another question I had, I, I wanted to go down the list because we know that you don't have Frank Nilakina. Now you don't have Terry Rozier. You do get Bryce McGowan's back, and he did play 10 minutes in this game against Dallas, didn't do much in those 10 minutes, but he did get out there on the court. Nick Smith Jr., is it time? Do we see him get in the backcourt at all because you're starting to get a little more depleted in the backcourt, or is it enough to have Teo Maladone LaMelo Ball and Bryce McGowan's coming back into the fold. Is that enough, Doug? I mean, I see these comments that want Nick Smith Jr., and I get it, man, because I see the scoring. I see his ability to do some of the same things that Brandon d- does in terms of getting, you know, ball fake into the pull-up mid-range, and he's dr- he's Drano from there. It's great. Problem is he can't pass. And, and when I say he can't pass, I mean like he cannot pass at all on an NBA level, and that's why you're going to see Ish Smith uh, and, and not – Nick Smith Jr. because Ish Smith can pass and he can execute a little bit of the offense and you know and but there are some disadvantages with Ish for sure. I mean defensively he got uh you know roasted and toasted by Dallas but you've got to deal with that because you're trying to not only replace what Terry gives you as a scorer but also what he can do in terms of the backup point guard position. This is this is look the franchise put themselves in this position. Okay, so if you're mad that Nick Smith Jr. is not playing, be mad at the front office. Don't be mad at Clifford. Clifford's trying to put the best lineup out mm-hmm. there and 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 take you know give the Hornets some of what Terry's missing. I don't think Nick Smith Jr. can do that right now. I think it is Ish. It is Bryce who's playing some birthday ball. Happy birthday, Bryce! Mm-hmm. I saw Happy that come birthday. up on my timeline. Uh, so maybe, you know, maybe some birthday uh, good feelings for Bryce McGowan's because we didn't see much from him in that game against Dallas. Hopefully we can see a little bit more uh, with with this game against Washington because defensively, you know, Dallas is bad, but Washington is is even worse on defense. So this should be an opportunity for everybody to get theirs. Not that I'm hoping that Terry Rogier gets injured earlier in the season. There's not a great time for Terry to get injured at all. This team can't afford it. But if it were to happen earlier, you might have seen Nick Smith Jr. Bryce McGowan's wasn't available. Ish Smith was not yeah. available. They hadn't signed him. And he even only played three minutes so far. He goes in for three minutes, picks up three fouls. Bryce McGowan's comes in for 10 minutes. Doesn't have that big of an impact. But they both made their debut against Dallas. So if this does happen earlier... Maladon was the only member in the backcourt getting any bench minutes. That would have opened up the door for Nick Smith Jr., but it's not there. Um, I, I shouldn't say it's not there. You have a couple of options that Steve Clifford is going to first. I agree with you. I don't think it's off the table, Doug. If you need some scoring, you need some kind of burst, maybe they do it. You are right, though. It's not like I'm going to NSJ for any kind of facilitation. I'm just looking for a microwave. 
Well, sure, but they haven't needed a microwave. I think that's the point that I'm trying yeah. to make is they've played a lot of teams that don't play well defensively. Part of their – I mean, their strength of schedule has generally been good to open the season, and they've been particularly thankful, I guess, that they've played a lot of teams that have not played well defensively. I mean, this will be now the third and fourth straight game that they're playing a team that is in the bottom quartile of of you know defensive rating in the league in Indiana – uh, Dallas and Washington twice. So I, I don't think scoring has been a problem, especially with the way PJ and Gordon have been playing. And they've been playing that way consistently. They've been able to run decent offense. Um, it's just the outside shooting that has really, that they now abandoned it, abandoned them. And now they've completely abandoned it. And, you know, so I don't think they've necessarily needed that microwave scoring, but if PJ goes cold, if Gordon goes cold, if LaMelo if that was a blip, if that fourth quarter was a blip and it's not going to carry over into these Washington games, you know, I could see, yeah, if they're if they're down bad and they need scoring in the third mm-hmm. quarter, you know, maybe a, a surprise Nick Smith Jr. appearance. I wouldn't put it out of the question. I'm just saying, just preparing, folks. I don't think it's mm-hmm. likely. Okay, so they play at home tonight. If you live in the Charlotte area, then you might be able to watch the team because you can go to the arena I don't know about on TV the way things have been going. Let's talk more about it. Coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. It's a good update, but also kind of a bad update. I'll let you decide. Coming up next, we'll give you the Bally Sports update. This episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. It's the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, and it's the easiest way and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. It's more like you pick more than or less than on a two to six player stat projection and then watch the winnings just roll on in with the basketball season here. You can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10 and a half combo three pointers made maybe receptions. If you were to do this locally and you live in Charlotte, Maybe the way to go were to be to pick more than with Adam Thielen and less than with three point shots made with the Charlotte Hornets. I don't know. Maybe that's what you should do if you wanted to do this thing locally. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy, and this is what I like about Prize Picks. So your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second. That player's rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an insurance injury policy. So we talked about that too. Don't get it in real life, but this is the only daily fantasy sports platform that allows you to do so. That's a really nice thing to have. Go to prizepicks.com slash NBA and use code NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Once more, go to prizepicks.com. Slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. More locked on Hornets ahead. Doug, one of the storylines of this season has, about the Hornets kind of hasn't even really been about the Hornets themselves. It's been about how you can view the Hornets or how you can't view the Hornets. It's ridiculous. I Bally Sports, the app that they give you where you have to pay $25 or you can get the deal, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and only pay $20 for the app by picking <laughs> oh, two great. teams that you can watch. But then you can't even watch the Hornets in the first half of, you know, two of the first four games of the season. It's been a joke. 
But we have an update on Bally, Doug, if you wanted to give people the information. Before I give the update, I think we should clarify how this whole relationship works between teams and RSNs or regional sports networks, because I think it will be clarifying in this discussion. So the way that this all works is that the RSNs pay the team's money to broadcast the games and that they pay for the privilege of broadcasting the games. And then Bally, their job is to go and sell advertising and say, hey, advertisers, we are airing this product that lots of people love to watch live. Wouldn't you like to advertise? And that's how Bally's or Bally Sports, that's how they make money. So the teams get money for the privilege of having their games aired. And that's why I think a lot of these these leagues and, and a lot of these teams like that arrangement because they get money and and the the things go to air. They don't have to do anything. They don't have to do a lot of the work. You know, Bally's is going to hire the people and and facilitate all of that. So it benefits teams to continue this relationship unless those regional sports networks can't advertise or they can't make enough money advertising and they can't make enough money to actually pay those bills, which is essentially what happened. And now um, this this Bally Sports Regional Sports Network has gone bankrupt. And so they had to go to the leagues and not just the NBA, but the MLB and other leagues and say, look, we can't pay our bills. We've got to find a way to pay you some amount of money so that we can continue to do this this year or we're just going to close up shop. We can't do this anymore. And so that's the update. The update is that there is an agreement between the NBA and Diamond Sports Group, which is behind Bally Sports, to continue broadcasting games for the rest of this season. And so that means that you will be watching Charlotte Hornets games on Bally Sports through the end of this regular season. What happens after that? Well, the league then gets the rights back. So there, there probably was a multi-year agreement with the regional sports network, but because they can't pay their bills, because of the bankruptcy, now the agreement is, okay, you can broadcast games through the end of the regular season, and then we get the rights back. And so the Charlotte Hornets will uh, have, and the league will have to decide, all right, how are we going to broadcast these games? Are we going to find another regional sports network? Are we going to form a league-wide you know, broadcasting strategy, or or is it going to be up to the Charlotte Hornets to front the bill and hire announcers and camera people and truck people and all the things that make a broadcast happen? They they hire out and they build the infrastructure to actually stream the games and then go find local partners or or yeah. other cable partners to broadcast the games on actual TV TV. Uh, so that that's the update. That's where we are. Where we are is uncertainty about how you're going to view Hornets games next season. So and what's interesting, too, is if you look, you talk about that process of just finding another station to broadcast your games. That's what happens with the Carolina Panthers here in Charlotte. So I don't know if that would happen with the Charlotte Hornets. I know that the NBA more so than the NFL, the NFL hasn't done it with their partnership that they have with the different outlets in the world. But with the NBA, you are starting to see Phoenix and Utah just take control of everything and broadcast themselves. But you haven't really seen it in the NFL. So does that indicate that the Hornets just might take a page from what Utah and Phoenix is doing, especially with this new ownership. I don't know how modern they're thinking, but they are new. That is what we're led to believe that this is a modern way thinking uh, philosophy of the new owner that is coming in. The two new owners that are at the head of this thing. 
that are coming in and Gabe Plotkin and Rick Schnall. So what does that mean to you here, Doug? Because I don't know, it, what would you hypothesize is going to happen at the end of the season? And would you call this good? You know, because that's why I teased it, right? Like, it's good that this isn't going to be a year-long problem, I don't think. But that, but now you have to watch through Bally the rest of the way. Well, it's it's good in the sense that there is some certainty about where you can watch the game. There's not going to be confusion about it. I, I guess it's only good so in so far as Bally Sports shows an ability to actually broadcast the game both on television and over the top through their streaming services. Um, that's been an ab- the streaming services has been an abject failure to start this season. So if they can mm-hmm. continue to provide the broadcast that way. I guess there is some good in that there is some certainty because the alternative would be uh, Bally Sports says, all right, we got to close up shop. And then all the teams in the league are scrambling to figure out a solution. And when you scramble to figure out a solution, which I'm sure they've been planning for this a little bit, but when you have to scramble to do that solution, I think a lot of things could get messed up in that process and it wouldn't be very consumer friendly. So I think insofar as Bally Sports can actually broadcast the games, this is a consumer friendly outcome, at least in this season. And then I think it is good news that we're moving away from the RSN model because the (laughs) RSN model has been a failure. Um, I've said it many times on Twitter, rest in hell, regional sports networks like it needs to go. The model failed. It failed to generate enough advertising revenue and over-the-top streaming revenue to justify its existence. This is not how people watch games anymore. The league will have to figure out how do we attract young people and keep it on television. The teams are all going to have to address that. And I don't, I can't hypothesize on what the Hornets are going to do with these broadcast rights next season. I think it's going to be in sort of a, a concert with the league because it's not just the Hornets, right? It's the Hawks, Cavs, Mavericks, Pistons, Pacers. I mean, the list goes on. There are a lot of teams involved in this Bally Sports RSN. I think it would be easy to look at Utah and Phoenix who are doing their own streaming services and say, that's cool. I want that. But those are big pocketed owners who are putting a lot of their own money into making this thing happen. I'm not sure the Hornets are going to be capable of doing that. But whatever happens, the focus needs to be on consumer friendly and opening up the regular season, the games to as many people as possible. Because think about the timing of this, Walker. This is happening all while the NBA is trying to negotiate their overall TV rights. And they're going to these TV rights providers and say, hey, pay us a lot of money because people want to watch the regular season. And the TV providers are saying, are you sure about that? Mm -hmm. Are you sure about that? Because Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like a lot of people care about the regular season. So now the NBA is scrambling around to figure out ways to make the regular season matter. So there are in-season tournaments. There are player rest policies. There are all these things to make the regular season matter. Well, here's how you make the regular season matter if you're a team, if you're the Charlotte Hornets. You put the games in a place where as many people as possible can watch the games, and it's not price prohibitive. That's why I've been advocating for the team, and they should be doing it already, finding a local partner, a a, a channel that you can hook an antenna up to, uh, up to your house, and for free, watch a Hornets game. NBC, ABC, CBS, that's where Hornets games should be broadcast, 
and make it as easy as possible for as many people as possible to consume the regular season product. It will lead to more views. It will lead to more jersey sales. It's just a positive thing. Putting this on cable was the worst idea the NBA ever had. Maybe it made short-term sense because it allowed these teams that don't make a lot of money like the Charlotte Hornets to get a bag of cash to to put their games on, but it, it has meant the deterioration of interest overall from the fan base because they can't figure out how to watch the games. That's a great breakdown, Doug Branson. That was a great breakdown. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I, but yeah. a lot of this Take has been building off, up. This has been a build yeah. up. I'm sorry. I just want to apologize to you, Walker, to every because no. I just vomited on the air. But this has been built this frustration has been building up in, in inside me for a long time. But I could tell what you ate, though. It was like it was a clear vomit. It wasn't gross. Like I, I could tell. I, what a great breakdown! Excellent stuff and excellent advice from one Doug Branson. Let's see if he has any more for us coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. All right. Does Doug Branson have any advice for the Hornets on how they can beat the Washington Wizards? We preview that game, that little mini series in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. You can score early this NFL season and hopefully often with America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, even more than that. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. More Locked On Hornets coming up. Okay, Doug, it looks like the Charlotte Hornets have a decent matchup ahead. If you look at what the Washington Wizards have accomplished so far this season, well, it's not been that much. Uh, they are 1-5. They are 0-4 on the road to start the season. Jordan Poole has been, I'll say it, the biggest clown in the NBA so far. <laughs> He's been He has been the jester of the NBA court, dribbling behind his back, throwing up shots, doing a Nick Young style, and to be fair, Kimba Walker style once. But Kimba, I feel bad for Kimba on the shot that he turned away from that he thought was going in because that thing was bouncing back and forth, and it goes, it's actually in the cylinder, and then it pops back out. It happens a little bit with Nick Young. Jordan Poole, he did it while it was in the air, trying to copy and paste Steph Curry's antics. And the, the he copy and paste it all, but like the last part, the important part where he makes it. Anyways, all that to say, I like our chances. Knock on wood. Who knows what can happen, especially without Terry Rozier. But I like our chances. I certainly hope we uh, we can squeak this one out. It, it takes a lot to turn NBA Nation in favor of Draymond Green. Like the the the, the you know obviously Warriors fans love Draymond Green. They will for all time. Mm-hmm. But I would say the NBA fan base as a whole is is mid to anti Draymond Green because he kicks guys in the you know and you know does all kinds of antics and is not afraid to say his opinion and so people um you know are obviously uh going to feel how they feel about Green but I think these pool antics have definitely made people rethink what happened between Draymond Green and Jordan Poole and and maybe but maybe Draymond Green had a point there I don't know uh but back to this uh, Wizards team yes they're very bad defensively they're the worst team defensively, according 
uh, to cleaning the glass. And then offensively, they're similar to the Hornets. They're kind of just sort of middle of the road offensively. I think they're ranked 16th. The Hornets are 13th. Kyle Kuzma can heat it up, though. I mean, you got to watch him game to game. So far, his points per shot attempt um, are below average for his career. Um, but, you know, I, I would say watch out for him. Jordan Poole can obviously light it up. Tyus Jones uh, playing pretty well at the point as well. But beyond that, it gets it gets very questionable. I I want <clears throat> I want Mark Williams to have a huge game. I think he's got a he's got a chance here against uh, Daniel Gafford and some of the. They don't really have a lot of size. He's killed Washington us before. Team. I will say Gafford has killed us before. But you're right. That's without Mark Williams. Right. Exactly. I mean, I I expect a big game from him. And then just in terms of the matchup, I mean, you've got a team in Charlotte that loves uh, to get to the rim. And you've got a Washington defense that absolutely cannot defend the rim. So the Hornets have to drive, drive often. I wouldn't expect a lot of three-point shots from the Charlotte Hornets. If you look trend-wise over the past two games, they've run more of their offense to finish at the rim or mid-range with Gordon Hayward and P.J. Washington getting a lot of plays run for them to take mid-range jump shots. Um, That's been a strategic choice, and I expect that choice to continue against Washington uh, because you're missing Terry Rozier and Washington cannot defend the rim. So you have to challenge him there. I will say too, Jordan Poole, despite calling him a clown a little bit earlier, he has had a nice, efficient last two games, eight of 14, eight of 15 against Miami and Philadelphia, three of four from three point range, four of nine, the next game. So he has been more efficient in the last two contests, but before that shot wasn't falling at a high level and hopefully that continues on here against the Charlotte Hornets. No Terry Rozier. We kind of went over that with Brandon Miller and what backcourt mate we could see. Uh, Daniel Gafford, I, I'm trying to pull up if he actually did face Mark Williams last year, if Mark Williams was injured for this stretch. But they did play against one another last season in February. The Wizards won 118-104. to 104. So... Daniel Gafford got fouled a lot and he's had nine blocks in the last two games. I hopefully I'm with you. I'm hoping for a big game from Mark Williams, but you can't come light with it here. Like this is somebody that is physical. Gafford is one that will get all up in your business and dunk on you. If you're lacking, grab the rebound. If you're lacking block you, if you're lacking. So hopefully I don't think Mark Williams is the type to to do that. I haven't seen him underestimate an opponent. I think he just goes out there and plays And if he has a deficiency in some area, it's because the other guy just got a better play on him. But Daniel Gafford, decent enough player, just Mark Williams. We finally have someone that we can trust usually down low. Hopefully that happens, as you mentioned, against Gafford. Well, and what I also want to see is the Hornets' best player play like the best player before the fourth quarter. Like, I appreciate what LaMelo has been able to do when the lights shine brightest, when it gets to be clutch time. That's great. Love that. Want more of that. Always have that. But I think they need their star player to set a tone offensively for them, to knock down a few three-point shots in the first quarter, in the second quarter, and also to set a tone in terms of protecting the basketball because the Wizards love to get out into transition. They're like the Hornets. they got to find ways to score easy points because their half-court offense is just meh. Very similar to the Hornets. They want to get out and run. This is going to be played very – this is going to be a fast game. It's going to be like a game of ping pong, just back and forth, back and forth. Both teams are going to want to run early. Can the Hornets protect the basketball, not allow them to get out, steal, get easy transition points, make them work for those transition buckets? 
I hope Thor gets a number of minutes in this game because he has been one of their best transition defenders this season. It's crazy the way he gets, you know, runs back and then is able to disrupt transition plays without fouling, without giving them uh, even easier points from the free throw line. So I hope he gets a number of minutes in this game. Uh, but LaMelo, got to set a tone. That's what I'm looking for. I, if the groove is not truly back until I see some first through third quarter action, in my opinion. Yeah. By the way, just to end this, you gave us the description of a crotchal region as a wah, and then you described the Hornets offense as meh. I think you've just resulted into giving us sounds in the third segment. You're done. We need to end this because now Doug is just using sounds as analysis well, after his after wah. his <laughs> extremely long but very clear report on what Bally is. It was very good. He didn't have anything else. Wah, no. meh. And that that's was, it. I, well, I dumped all of my intelligence out into that second segment. I used <laughs> every bit of my brain power on that. And now uh, I'm just reduced up. Yeah, I love it. All right. That's Doug Branson. Find his work more. <laughs> oh, the, his way with words on his Substack, <laughs> every Hornets Listen to me and my way with words on radio sports radio, 927 WFNZ every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m. Thanks for making us your first listen. Make sure you come back tomorrow. Nick Carboni set to join us. He'll give Ooh. us a little bit more of the inside scoop, if there is any inside scoop with the Charlotte Hornets, what's happening behind the scenes, and we'll get his analysis on the start to the season. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Uh, you got... 